welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shereen. And it is officially the month of March. It is Women's History Month, which we're going to promote a lot more than for us in Canada. This is the month where, like, it keeps snowing and you're so irritated. (sighs) I'm so, like, as there's a snowstorm happening right now outside, I'm just so irritated. Like, I don't know what, 15 or so centimeters since this morning outside when we're recording this episode. I think we're just. We're hitting that time. We're over it. Where we're over it. The entire country hits that period, I think, in the month of March, where, like, the first three weeks of March, everybody's like, fuck this fucking season. (laughs) Yeah, and then it goes on until, like, end of April, and then May, we get some nice weather. Yeah, we might get, like, a random snowfall or two that are heavier in April, but it's always really hard to say Mm -hmm. what's going to happen, so I think that... We're going to focus on something a lot more fun, which is that it's Women's History Month Woo-hoo! all throughout the month of March. Thank goodness. Let's do it. Um, so obviously in celebration of that, for this entire month, we're going to be talking about everything to do with women in literature, their impact on literature, history of their impact on literature, how everything got started, how women got started writing, and we're also going to talk about a couple of um, adaptations in between, which we always do, mm-hmm. uh, focusing on... A couple of very different things, I would say. A couple of very different types of adaptations yeah. from one another. So, Well, kind of an older one and then a much more modern one. A much, a very... Well, well modern story of women's history, I would yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And women making will an go impact down in history. on the world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be doing. And that's actually what we're kicking things off with this month. Um, in order to kind of start things off, we decided to go a little bit more modern. So today we're talking about the recently um, 2022 released film adaptation of She Said, which is based on a novel or a nonfiction novel, I should mm. say, and in turn, which is based on the true story mm-hmm. of two New York Times reporters who were two of the first people to really bring to light the Harvey Weinstein uh, sex scandal when everything was coming out. Back in 2017, they published, they investigated and published the article that would inevitably lead to his arrest. And the Me Too movement. And the Me Too movement as a whole, which I, I would argue potentially started back in when you know Donald Trump was running for president initially I would argue that there was there was some of it was already there were rumblings of at that time and that obviously other people had been fighting for certain things at that time anyway it's not to say that they started it however they definitely helped propel it into the spotlight because this scandal and Weinstein's arrest and all of the allegations against him have been so incredibly massive that Mm. I think it would it was like a global phenomenon really that took over and you know as this movie demonstrates his um you know his what's the word I'm looking for his crimes did span across the world like he committed them all over the world internationally they aren't just Uh, relegated to LA specifically for instance so um yeah it's a bit of a heavy one so I should give like a general I think considering everything we just said I think a general trigger warning sort of goes without saying but just in general it's totally normal totally expected if anything like this bothers you just be aware of it because we are going to be discussing some of the details Mm -hmm. of these because they are discussed throughout the course of the film um but we can get into it Right now, and we can talk about She Said from 2022. Exactly that we're looking at here. These young women walked into what they all had reason to believe were business meetings. I can still see it, the hotel room, the floor plan. He kept trying to touch me. I asked him to leave me alone. Instead, they say he met them with threats and sexual demands. I was young, scared. Hi. We're from the New York Times. I believe he used to work for Harvey Weinstein. So the movie was released in November of last year at the time of recording, um, and it currently has a score of 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb and 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm surprised at that IMDb score. I would have thought it would have higher. Yeah, you know what? Strangely, actually, this is one of the few times that I've seen that the um, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score, the audience score is actually higher than the critic score, which interesting. is interesting. Audience score is at 91. Huh. 
Yeah. Which I do, I buy it. Yeah, I, I buy that. This yeah. is an incredibly well-made film. It's whether very or good. not, obviously, whether or not the subject matter makes you squeamish. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, and and which it should. It, it probably will for <laughs> it almost everybody. give you the ick. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, it probably will for almost everybody. It's really, it's, an, it's a very well-made film. It's a well-acted film. And it's one of those that, while taking, uh, you know, a kind of partially fictionalized, because we don't know what every conversation was between people, a partially Mm. fictionalized look into a very real scandal, Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't, it never feels over the top or like it's trying to sensationalize itself. Yeah, I think it was, it it did feel like it was very, like, factual. Yeah, like, like, I think a lot of, you know, the, the letters and the evidence and the recordings and, you know, they were doing, like Megan said, they were doing, like, an adaptation of it Mm -hmm. throughout. They weren't, I don't believe that they were taking anything that was put out there and then just kind of putting inserting that in the movie like recordings for example no. but um but they did a really good job of sticking to uh reality yeah um, and I, it really did feel that way you know it did and even just even um you know i'd have to credit like the screenplay like the screenplay and stuff is that even the conversations between characters you know sometimes you're watching a film and it very much feels like a film because like the script has made it feel like a movie so yeah. even if you've got people who are playing reporters mm-hmm. the way that they're speaking the way that they're having conversations with people you know feels like a like a movie like you feel yeah. like you're watching a movie and stuff whereas I did find that with a lot of the script in this particularly phone call conversations between like the two lead characters yeah. as well as like the people that they're speaking to so much of it felt like this is these are the words you would use. Yeah. This is what you would say to these people. You know, there are hesitations and, and stilted kind of awkwardness in some of the conversations. And the questions that they're asking yes. as well. Like, I very much felt the whole time that I'm like, yeah, I, I could see a reporter asking a question like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I've ever thought that way while watching a movie like this with reporters. You yeah. know, I was very much like, oh, wow, like they're really probing like in a way that I wouldn't have normally spoken yes, to yes. somebody. And I'm like, yeah, that's definitely coming from them being reporters, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because you wouldn't go around asking people questions like this on a regular basis. No, like, oh, and how did that make you feel, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Said, how do you feel about this particular yeah. allegation or issue or whatever? Yeah. So um, just as an overview, if for some reason, and I don't mean this in a terrible way, but I feel like you, if you haven't heard about any of this stuff, you've been living under a rock, like mm-hmm. actually, like most of the time if people are like, oh, I've never seen that movie or like, I don't know who that yeah. particular celebrity is and stuff like that. Like, okay, cool. I totally get it. There's a ton of people that all of us have no idea who yeah. they are but. and that makes sense to me. But if you don't know about this, I don't do you, I don't even know how you'd be listening to this podcast right That's now. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like I feel like when this story broke, I wasn't that, like, familiar with who Harvey Weinstein was at the time, because he's a producer, right? Right, So it's not like he's, like, like an actor or something, right? No, I think that, but as soon as you, I guess as soon as you you do a quick Google, basically, and realize how big, obviously, Miramax functioned as a company, and how... Um, over, like, how far-reaching yeah. they how powerful were, he. basically. Like, you know, as far as what they could manage and what they what they had been behind as yeah. well. Um, then I think the scope of everything starts to really come into focus. Because you're kind of like, how is this possible? And then you realize the specifics of everything behind it. And you're like, oh, okay. No, oh, that's how. Oh, that's how. Um, yeah. So... Not that we're condoning it. No, it's no, just, no. And, and what I did particularly like about this movie is that they kept drawing it back to the fact that they were trying to do... Um, you know, an investigation on the entire industry and, you know, like sexual assault in Hollywood and how the whole system is set up to protect the predators. The predators and to enable them really as well, which it does and probably still continues to do. I wouldn't be shocked just because this has happened doesn't mean everything's perfect. No, I mean like this is decades and decades, right? Like this is not something that you're going to break down in five or six years. No, no. So obviously since this is all based on real events, of course, um, this story follows basically the progress of uh, two of the New York Times reporters, Jody Cantor and Megan Toohey. We love a Megan who does something cool with her life. Um, okay, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who were sort of brought into the fold. So basically, we do you do kind of start things off with a little bit of a look into like what each of them were kind of doing prior to this because the film does begin in 2016, mm-hmm. so several months before a lot of the allegations against Harvey Weinstein began to come to light. And um, 
Megan Tui's character was always was already obviously she was very involved a lot in a lot of um, this sort of subject matter because she was one of the reporters who again published a story when Trump was running for president about his allegations, sexual allegations of sexual assault against him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously this is something she was working on, but of course she would she took a leave of absence for a period of time, maternity leave because she was having a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while she's she was away. Jody Cantor, who's played by Zoe Kazan, she receives um, a tip basically that uh, Rose McGowan, who's an actress that I don't know that people now necessarily know that much. Like we grew up with Charm, yeah, so I'm say, like, like it's she's, Rose McGowan. She's the and woman from Charm and Scream. Like she's yeah. Tatum in the original yeah. Scream movie. So like for me, I'm like, yeah, she's a big deal. Yeah. Like I from the '90s. Yeah, yeah she was like, a big deal in the Jawbreaker. Yeah. She's in. She's in. Um, Oh my god, the uh, that Quentin Tarantino double feature oh, there, uh, Grindhouse. That's it, yep. She's in both of those, yep. you know, so if you were around like late 90s through mid 2000s, you you know who Rose McGowan is. Even if you don't know her name, you've yeah, seen her in say, something at some point. For sure, you see a picture of her and you're like, oh yeah, I yes. know her. Yeah. So Jodie Cantor receives basically a tip that Rose McGowan is um, currently working on a book, um to indicate that back in the late 90s, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, she was sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein while working with yeah. him on a production. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's writing a book about her experiences because she's previously tried to talk about it. But and it's never gone anywhere. It's never gone anywhere, and she doesn't feel like she's being taken seriously. And she initially... Even when Jody reaches out to her, she initially declines to comment on it because she's like, I don't know why you think you're going to get anywhere further. You're going to do a better job. I've tried to speak to people before and everyone has ignored me. So now I'm just doing my own thing. Basically. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of a, a, dia- a dialogue that comes through often in this movie. Every oh, time. The, re- the initial reaction yeah. that a lot of the women have, if they're not afraid, mm-hmm. they are... Um, completely dismissive of yeah. it and very jaded like oh haha like you really think anything's going to like, come of this. Like you really think you're going to change anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So she initially obviously declines to contact. She's like fine about it. She's like alright yeah thanks bye basically. Yeah. Um, but later on I guess she obviously takes some time to think about it or she must have taken time to think about it calls Jody back and explains basically walks her through the encounter of what occurred between the two of them when she was working. She said this she's um, said that this happened when she was 23 and a lot of them mentioned this i noticed that a few of them said that they were 23 yeah the very early 20s a lot of a lot i'd say the vast majority of them also because of um you know yes this occurred with actresses but it also occurred with miramax employees very often as well and i believe assistants a lot of the the assistants that were working with him that were working on different productions and i believe that 23 kind of makes sense because people are up and coming and yeah they're early in their careers and you know whether you're an actress or whether you're trying to make your way up in the film industry 23 makes sense like you would have just kind of come out of college or university and you know a lot of them are you know I think what makes it even more tragic and I think what most of the stories were saying was I was young I was excited to start my career Mm -hmm. I was going places I was really bright and you would assume that they would have to be right if they got hired by Miramax yeah um, you're not like an idiot no like they would have to be quite good like at that young of an age to get hired on yeah basically if you don't know any of this just watch like any movie from basically like the probably like the mid 80s through mid 2000s and tell me how often you see Miramax pop up as a production company involved so many so many of them it's very quietly fizzled out (laughs) well yeah nobody's upset about that anyway um so after so after you know obviously Jodi gets this um information from her she's also starting to look into things a little bit more regarding that's it you know the employees themselves from Miramax potentially who had been um assaulted at some point or another and she also winds up speaking she sees a oh yes that's it she sees a um uh a video um prior to Trump's like election basically she sees uh, a video of Ashley Judd when she was speaking out at a rally against Trump yes Um, and she's, you know, seen as well that Ashley Judd herself has previously stated that she was, um, assaulted and harassed by 
a very big shot producer and she did not name this producer, mm. but she's written about experiences before. And also in, in reality outside of this as well, Ashley Judd does cameo as herself in the film. Yeah. And she also, she has been very candid. I've seen a few interviews and stuff. She has been very candid herself about the fact that she's a three time survivor of sexual assault. Wow. Um, so she's had to deal with a lot that way. And she's been, um, a very outspoken advocate regarding all of this as well. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so after seeing this, um, Jody reaches out to her as well. They do speak a little bit and basically, you know, she's saying the exact same thing that a lot of other people are saying where she's like, you know, I, I want to be able to tell my truth, but every time I've attempted to before, uh, no one has listened. Yeah. It's and, gone nowhere. Yes. Yeah. And I would like to get work at some point for the rest of my life. Like I'd like to actually be able to work again and make money. <laughs> but the sad thing is that like many of these actresses who did speak out, it seems like it really did have a big impact on their career. Yeah. So I don't, Again, I've read a little, like, a few things back and forth about this sort of stuff. My understanding, and I think that this was mostly confirmed, is that, like, Ashley Judd, for instance, um, was blocked Mm. from being able to be in Lord of the Rings (laughs) because of Weinstein and because she had, like, refused his advances when he had attempted something, uh, which my understanding was back in basically, like, the mid-90s when she was doing Kiss the Girls, which Mm. is a movie that I really like. Um, so that also makes me sad because also yeah. like Ashley Judd's one of those two. I think like like no one knows who she is now. Mm-hmm. But if you grew up in like the '90s and early to mid 2000s, Ashley Judd was like a film darling. She For was sure. in a bunch of rom coms, a bunch of like thrillers and yeah. stuff. She was in a ton of her stuff. Mom, Winona. Winona. Uh, I think Winona's her sister or Naomi. Oh. Is her sister shit? I can't remember. Is she in, I thought she was like related to Winona somehow. She is. Yeah. yeah. No, no, okay. she is. They're, it's like a family of country western singers and yeah. stuff as well. She's just the actress of the group, oh, basically. Right. Um, anyway, I digress. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, so that is my understanding is that, and I, but and I believe that the whole thing about her being blocked from getting a role in Lord of the Rings was confirmed by Peter Jackson, but I'm not 100% sure, but I think he actually might have confirmed that. I feel that. like I read something about yeah. this. Yeah. And again, like, I haven't looked into it, looked into it, so, like, I'm not gonna, like, don't quote me on that. Like, maybe yeah. I'm completely incorrect, but it, I believe that there were a few people who have indicated, like, that's it, certain projects that they could have had a part in. They were I, not able to, surprisingly, amazingly, after this occurred. I did enjoy hearing, like, certain tidbits throughout this movie, like, that Scorsese's always hated Weinstein. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it was really funny. Was Even like, oh, before funny. all this came out. Yeah, that's it. I was like, um, oh. I mean, I would really assume that, like, you know, women, we we know, we, we kind of get this feeling when someone's a predator, and I would assume that men have this feeling, too. Yeah. Like, you know, if they, they know that someone is a predator, they can probably feel it. Exactly. Um, and through more investigation on top of this, obviously Jody also um, is made aware that apparently she should also speak to Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. About yeah, that keeps coming an back incident, a lot. Yeah, about an incident that occurred between her and Weinstein as well back in the nineties when she was like younger and getting started. Um, for all of and this is it's like it's really it's awful like it's gross to hear about all of this about everybody you know like I can hate I can think Gwyneth Paltrow and her pseudoscience for her goop shit is as ridiculous <laughs> as it is because it's yeah. wild and she should be discredited as far as that's concerned mm-hmm. but this is awful and this shouldn't happen to anybody at all of course and like in terms of like her being an actress like you really have to recognize that you know we're talking about Ashley Judd we're talking about uh, Rose McGowan we're saying if you were a 90s kid you mm-hmm. would recognize them everybody knows Gwyneth Paltrow everybody she's one of the biggest actresses in Hollywood which is why I think um he was so afraid that she was going to speak out against him I believe him. so yeah, yeah I think because I think if it's anybody was going to have credibility it yes. would be her yeah I think yeah. he was most concerned about whether or not she was contributing to the article that was mm-hmm. being published so uh Jody does manage to speak to all of these people and at the same time um uh Megan Toohey, obviously at that time, I think it was, I think it was pretty brave of her to write that, um, in the book, Mm. obviously, but that she, uh, unfortunately was, seems to have been dealing with what was potentially postpartum depression after the birth of her child, which must've been very difficult. Um, but she obviously within that time period did decide to return to work Mm -hmm. as well and they connect. And basically I think also because of her, past efforts uh, mm-hmm. with sexual assault reporting and everything obviously Jody feels like maybe it would be a good thing for them to yeah. work together 
Yeah, and I, I just think that it's very brave for her to do, for Megan to do that mm-hmm. because I think they show at the beginning that after she wrote that article about Trump, like Trump calls her and blasts her. Yeah. And, you know, she had to deal with backlash from that. And then the man was elected president, which well, that's is just it. depressing. So can you imagine how she must have felt like to have gone to those lengths yeah. to get women to admit that the potential president has done this to them? She printed it, and it meant nothing. It meant nothing. He still got elected. Like, yeah. And then she went and had a baby girl and yeah. had postpartum depression. Like, she must have felt like the world was on her shoulders. Yeah, that's it. And, like, what would be, what's the point? Really? Yeah. And she kind of does allude to that at some point. Like, she I just does. don't know that it'll make a difference necessarily. Yeah, like, she kind of says, yes, we're doing the work, but I don't know if it's going to mean anything. Yes, yeah. exactly. But... Luckily, um, the two of them, I think, in talking to each other, decide that this is still something that they want to pursue. Um, So, you know, uh, like they're both speaking to different people, uh, each going off kind of in different directions to speak to. That's it. Former Miramax employees, former assistants to um, Harvey Weinstein people that they want to that, you know, will have knowledge of this woman who worked with him. Mm hmm. Um, you know, like, uh, Megan goes to Queens, I think she says, to speak to a woman who I'm sure has remained anonymous, mm-hmm. um, which is why they never name her in the yeah. film either, and she has a very quick conversation with her, and she, she can't do it. She's like, no, thank you. And this is where you also start to get the way that she speaks about it very much alludes to the fact that there was some sort of financial settlement yeah. involved in this woman never speaking mm-hmm. about what happened. Yeah, and then you kind of realize that this wasn't the only one where this happened. No. And, you know, when you really think about this, the fact that these women were put in a position where they had to sign to accept money mm-hmm. and stay silent, it was that they knew that they were up against something so big yeah. that they would never, ever be heard, and so they might as well just take the money. But you can see that this woman is so broken and distraught that like the money means nothing as you would of course the money means nothing money doesn't make up for it it doesn't make up for it but you know the fact that he just went through those years paying these women off yeah and leaving like a trail of broken women in in his midst it's awful yeah so then you start to realize you're like okay so a lot of people are aware of this because obviously you Mm -hmm. get an idea of the financial settlements and um in a scene that i really appreciated uh megan goes to see the former cfo Mm -hmm. of miramax like one evening she just kind of shows up at his place to ask him questions and i believe that what makes him the most um fearful and concerned about this is that his wife is standing there asking oh, yeah. him what settlements what settlements? what are what, what is are she talking, talking about? about yeah um so she's just throwing a little wrench into like i can only imagine what that conversation is going to be like well i mean you know like all of these people like as individuals you yeah. know you talk about the system protecting these predators but mm-hmm. the system is made up of people and what they did a really good job of in this movie is how they these um reporters go and speak to all these individuals and as people they have this moment where they're like yeah I have to talk about this now like I can't keep being silent or eventually the silence just weighs on people too much which I'm sure it does in situations like this I can only imagine Mm -hmm. so um this is where we're starting to get a little bit of that um they're also contacting the EEOC to try and look into some of the past complaints that were filed against Miramax but so many of them were dismissed within a matter of days yeah which is I think is odd even though other like people that they're speaking to are like you know that happens a lot the investigators and Mm. stuff are like oh yes that happens all the time yada 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 yeah I'm sure things just go away well that's it so then she you know they're able to realize that obviously it's because there are financial settlements because as soon as that's my understanding is that the women who were actually brave enough to file a complaint to try to move forward were blocked and basically told like hey we'll fuck up everything for you but if you're quiet about it we'll just give you a million dollars okay thanks bye thanks bye yeah that's it please go away and stop talking about it basically um and at the same time they're also able to learn by speaking to the da's office that socially at least harvey weinstein has connections to uh the da as well yeah surprise surprise yeah i mean like this kind of gets alluded to a lot during the movie where um Some of the victims will say, you know, such and such tried to run that story, but every time he shuts it down. Yeah. So he has power across the country Mm -hmm. 
through you know the media, through the police, the the justice system, it's quite terrifying. Yeah, and you're also realizing too how many people he must have yeah. looking into things because at one point Jody's gets a phone call from Gwyneth Paltrow, literally, who's like that. Like that's really scary. And if that, I'm I assume that that happened because mm. it's in probably the book and mm. the movie. And that's fucking terrifying. She said she was just having a few people over, and he just showed up at her house out of the blue to be quote unquote like part of the party and she said I have not seen him in years and I didn't invite him and mm-hmm. he just showed up that's fucking terrifying no I'd just be like please leave my house yeah get out yeah get no. out I'm I am Gwyneth Paltrow yeah I my... am big enough <laughs> yeah no, like... now that's it now she has enough like yeah. enough power to have gotten away with that yeah I think part of the reason he must have been really pissed about her not being interested in like getting out and away mm. from him when she was younger as well as that I believe that he like harassed her when she was working on Shakespeare in Love and she literally won an Oscar for that movie without him oh wow as well like right after that so good for, good for her. her good for her <laughs> fuck you we stand a strong queen we stand a woman who will still go on and still be able to exactly to continue their career and stuff and I think it, Goop was not a good choice oh it's so <laughs> bad oh guys it's so bad have you all I I mean, like, all you need to see is the thing about, like, selling, like, a $70 candle that apparently smells like your vagina, but, like, oh, I just can't. Gwyneth, just stop. <laughs> I can't do it. It's so stop bad. Stop whatever you're doing. It's so bad. You're such a talented actress. I think you, you should, should just, just stick, just to, stick that. to that. Just stick to that. Like, you're a very talented businesswoman, obviously. Get but your Iron Man suit on. Yeah, and stop your pseudoscience yeah. bullshit. <laughs> stop telling people that they shouldn't wear sunscreen. Mm. God. Anywho. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so that's terrifying. At the same time that this is going on, obviously, while they continue, you know, their investigation, they're also finally able from a couple of people to get names of three specific women mm. who were involved in a couple of incidents in Europe, mm-hmm. um, basically like in like London and Ireland and stuff. Um, who had worked for the London Miramax office. Yes, that's it. Specifically about an incident that occurred at the Venice Film Festival, Mm -hmm. I think in the late 90s as well, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, And, you know, (laughs) poor Jodi. She has this really uncomfortable encounter where there's one woman named Rowena who she's trying to, um, she's been trying to get a hold of her by phone. They're not hearing anything. So she travels to her home, I think, in California. Yeah, because the... um the people at the the New York Times, they're just like, just get on a plane. Yeah, just because go. they're they're like, we need proper they're sources stuck. being backed yeah. up because right now everything is hearsay yeah. and they need people to really Come be like, forward. yes, this happened yeah. to me specifically. I witnessed this or yeah. I was part of this because this of, happened. Yeah, that's yeah. It, when this particular instance occurs. So she does go to speak to this woman, Rowena, who used to work as an assistant again. Um, and when she gets there, Rowena's apparently out of the country, but her husband is there and this poor man is blindsided because he obviously had no idea that any of this was occurring. And Jody has this really uncomfortable conversation with him where she kind of tells him that something happened. But he's not getting it. And he's she's like, just like, I'm going to go. And he's like, what do you, what do you mean? And she's like, and then of course she kind of realizes that she's probably said too much to yeah. him. And she's like, you really need to talk to your wife about yeah. this. And he's like, what the fuck? So I can only imagine what yeah. that did. Oh boy. Yep. Um, so yeah, so she's still looking to speak to her, but she does speak to, um, a direct colleague of hers from that time named Zelda, Mm -hmm. who she meets with in London, who basically explains what she witnessed while she was, well, she first of all was harassed by Weinstein Mm. while she was working for the company as well. Mm -hmm. She, you know, she describes having to wear a big coat, sit on an armchair instead of sitting on the sofa next to him because so that he can't sit right next to you. Those were the tips that she was given by other women who have worked with him. Which like, wow, if you need, uh, if you need tips about how to protect your body from a superior that you're working with and everybody knows about this like this is this, this is, is such terrifying. a problem yeah and yeah if if you can in any way please run in the opposite direction yeah um, as fast as you can and let people know what's going on yep uh, so she does speak to Zelda who describes sort of you know what she basically presumed to be um around the time of the venice film festival which she basically presumed to be um a rape of her colleague rowena yeah uh and after which point she was very brave she confronted him in front of martin yeah it's our idea that she was like you have to come with me right now and she said that the reason she stated that the reason that she knew that he He had really done this and he was and he had really done this is because he didn't 
he didn't fire her immediately, which like most people would. No, he just or do anything. Her. He followed her quietly and yeah. then just denied it the whole time. Yeah. And you're like, why would an innocent person do that? An innocent person would be like, excuse me, this is incredibly unprofessional. You are fired. Yeah, you're but like a lowly assistant. He followed her. Yeah. yeah, he followed her fearfully to go see what she had to say. And I will have to give her props for that because that must have been terrifying. Well, she was so angry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, she's also. Uh, able to speak to a woman named Laura Madden who also worked originally as a runner and then kind of made her way up to assistant and was given a permanent position Mm -hmm. at the London Miramax office Mm -hmm. uh, around that same time and she had also experienced all of this harassment um, and she describes a really uncomfortable encounter uh, in a hotel room to do with a shower that I'm not going to go into because it's gross Yep, Uh, and it makes everybody uncomfortable but it's good that at least she's able like you know this really gives Jody like a lot of information and I really love so Zoe Kazan and um uh, Carrie Mulligan play the two reporters um I love both of them because I think that they have really human reactions mm. as well to what's going on which I think is probably easy as a woman to mm. an extent I mean, you know, when that character, Laura, was describing her whole experience, she says, I assume that this only happened to me, that he had tried this with others and they had said no. And then she felt shame because she she was like, but I let it happen to me. But I let it happen. Yeah. And I can only imagine that a woman in this situation, a young woman at the beginning of her career, who gets forced to do something like this, like the most horrific thing. Yeah. That is what would go through your mind. Like, I bet I'm the only one. I bet, I bet the others. Like, you know, he was so... Like, the way that they describe it, and I, I know why she says that. Like, the way that each of them describe their encounter with mm-hmm. him, it sounds like he's, like, this, like, sloppy school kid. Like, yeah. Like, drooling over any woman that walks into his office. And, like, that he... But he, like, forces himself on them. And... He's got no charm. He's no. just ick. Oh, you yeah. Know? And you, you get some of that, too, because they have, like, a recorded conversation yeah. uh, from an incident in which, that's it, this woman had filed a complaint and she, the NYPD had given her a wire to wear mm. to go back in to speak to yeah. him to try and get more evidence. This was, like, several years prior. Um, and, like, the conversation between the two of them, just, like, he's so insistent to an extent that you're like you would be so put off by this it's so gross like she keeps saying i'm not comfortable i'm not comfortable and he keeps saying just five minutes just five minutes why did you touch my breasts yesterday why did you do this why did you do that and he's just and he's saying like just five minutes five minutes are you really gonna like that's it are you really going to ruin our entire relationship over five minutes and you're like ew gross he's so disgusting like I know that that was obviously like a an adaptation of that recording, but I think it was pretty. It was spot probably on. pretty yeah. close. It was probably pretty yeah. close to it. So what remind me? Why did the NYPD not do anything with that? Because apparently, based on in the conversation, you can partially tell that she's trying to lead him to admit that admit he groped her yesterday. Yeah, and um, he doesn't actually say that he did. But he keeps but asking, he's still he tells trying her, to assault her. Yes, like, he's literally telling her, come in and go into the bathroom, come into the shower. Yeah. And stuff for like five and minutes. And she's like, no, I'm not comfortable. And she's like, no, I'm not comfortable. And he's like, come in, do it, do it. Yeah. And then he does that thing and apparently he does, I don't know if this is something he would actually do, but this is so fucking gross. He regularly is like, no, I'm not going to do anything at all. I swear on my wife and my kids. Like, yeah. Ew. Apparently, um, the woman Zelda, she says that was his get out of jail free. Ugh. Yeah. He would always say that. And she said that's also how she knew he was lying because he always used to say that when he was lying. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Obviously. It's disgusting. Oh, it's so gross. Um, So, when they are able to gather kind of all of these stories from people, uh, they... At the same time, obviously, we've learned this because, you know, he's, like, showing up to Gwyneth Paltrow's house and stuff, but he's, like, sending his investigators out at the same time to, like, look into all of this and try to deter them from uh, researching and from publishing a story Mm. about it. Um, And he sends his lawyer in to speak to them at the New York Times, who very, you know, politely and professionally kind of declines to comment on the whole situation, which, like, surprise, surprise, what else would you expect? Mm. Um, He's working for this man. What else is he going to say? Yep. But eventually, through a few conversations, he does acknowledge that there have been several past settlements. 
but it doesn't take him very long to admit I that. I think he just and wants they, to. I think I, he's like, I get fuck this it. strong feeling from this man that he's just like, I'm really tired of covering this shit up. Yeah. Like, I don't believe in it. And like, and like <laughs> he admits it right away. And they even say um, at the New York Times, they're like, wow, I'm really surprised that they admitted to settlements so early here. Yeah, I think yeah. I think people were like, oh, God, gross, disgusting human, like, disgusting yeah. gutter pig of a human being. I don't want to be associated with him. I don't want to be associated with him, so maybe it's time. So that's what they do, basically. Yeah. Um, so they do, they go through that as well, and at the same time, uh, they do get, she, Jody gets an anonymous tip to go and speak to a man named Erwin Ryder. Yeah. Who was, um... Uh, accountant. He was an accountant, and yeah. he worked for he worked for Miramax and for Harvey Weinstein specifically for years. His like family in accounting. As well. yeah. Oh yes, that's yeah, right. That's what he said. So he's known them for years, for years and years. But and apparently years. he hates them, and I thought that was funny. Like I know the anonymous tip says this man hates Harvey. He said Weinstein. you should speak. Yeah, the woman who he call who calls her says you should speak to Erwin Ryder. He hates Weinstein, and we're like okay, but he works for him. Interesting. Um, yes. So he and Jody are able to meet and speak several times, and he does eventually basically just um leave his phone on the table so that she has access to uh, an internal memo from just a couple of years prior because what he's saying is you know you're looking into all of these cases and all of these women from the, from 90s. the 90s but without realizing that there are so many cases from much more recently yeah. as well Ooh, i get goosebumps yeah just like well like yeah like i've read a couple of things like there's one actress who i only because i used to watch boardwalk empire when mm-hmm. it was on and there's one um an actress who was like a recurring character in boardwalk empire and she alleges i believe that he raped her in 2010 so really not that long no. ago and um asia argento as well who's also an italian actress her dad is dario argento who's a very well-known italian filmmaker really big deal he did a ton of uh horror throughout the 70s 80s he's still making movies now he did like the original suspiria film all kinds of stuff she also has yeah i've seen her in a couple of things she's an actress but she's another one who like has alleged, and I believe that would have been like well after the year 2000, mm-hmm. alleged um, assault as well. Terrible. You know, and all of these things. You're like, anyway, it's just, it's, the it's. System inc- failed all oh, these it's women. Incredible. Yeah. And it didn't even just fail, it deliberately covered it. It really what was going did, on. yeah. So, um, once they get their hands on the, that memo, that really spurs things forward because it's basically a memo from a former employee indicating that she's been made to feel sexualized and victimized um, and degraded throughout this By the owner of this company. By the owner. She, she names Harvey Weinstein. She does. Yeah. And she also um, indicates that there were other people who she witnessed basically being abused. Yeah. Um, and had and felt just awful about it. And she's saying like she's not even 30 years old and she's just trying to build a career. Yeah. So... With that knowledge, they're able to, like, really push forward with this and yeah, they because, finally... because the problem that they were running into was that so many of these women were coming forward to speak, but they'd already signed NDAs. Yes. Uh, so non-disclosure agreements as part of their settlements. Um, and so they didn't really have anything to go off no. until they had this memo. And because this woman who wrote the memo never signed a settlement yeah. and was never harassed herself yes yeah she's a witness account and so they can use they that can use and that. they can use her name as well yes in the article which they do which i can understand she like they have a scene where she seems like incredibly unhappy about that yeah. and i am sorry about that i i do hope that it helped them but i am sorry that she you know felt like thrown she, under the bus yeah it, yeah felt like she was being ousted basically yeah. like outed because of this even though you know yeah. she had sent this memo and nothing had really been done about it of mm-hmm. course um so basically at this time they're able to formerly let the Weinstein company know that they are publishing this story. Yeah. Obviously, he freaks out. His lawyers, I'm sure, freak out as well. Um, they're asking for a statement because you have to do that. You have to ask for comment on the matter. Like, this is what we've been presented with. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, like, What's your response? Are facts. What are your facts Yeah. Now? What's your response to what we're putting their out? Their job as reporters is to put all this information together and then just put it out into the world and yeah. say, here you go, world. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? Yeah, yeah that's it. Exactly. Um, then they don't really have to do anything else. That's just what you're supposed to do. Yep. Uh, so, of course, there's a ton of back and forth. Um, I love that, you know, 
of course, his lawyer is like, oh, we need two weeks to respond to this. And they're like, no, you have two days. Um, <laughs> also, Andre, what's his name from Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Andre oh, Brogger or whatever. He plays their... He's I, awesome. He's like, I don't know if he's their editor-in-chief or what he is. Um, he's hilarious. Oh, I just want to be like this man. I know. <laughs> like, he has no time for Harvey his, Weinstein. Yeah. Every time he calls him, he's just like, yes, Harvey. Okay, we'll speak to the reporters then, on the record. Yep, have fun. <laughs> Bye. Have fun. Bye. And then just basically hangs up the phone on him, yeah. which I really It happens like twice, I think. It, yeah. it does, yeah. It happens like a good few times. <laughs> And with his lawyer as well. He's like, yeah. stop wasting our fucking time. <laughs> it's, great. it's pretty great. Uh, so they do, but they do manage to, through all of this, finish this article. And then finally, what really propels things forward is that this did happen, is that Ashley Judd did decide that she she said, yes, okay, I it's fine. I, I'll, like, name me in the yeah. article. Like, I will publicly, like, publicly name me in the article as one of. Yeah. One of the accounts, and that I think really helped to push things forward as I think well. Rose McGowan as well, because they show her. She name. did. Yeah. Um, she did later as well. She did decide to do it, and then I believe I don't remember if it was during or after. I think it was after this article was published. Gwyneth Paltrow herself did confirm. Yeah. As well, what had occurred for her well, too, and that's his main concern. Like, because they they do a really good job of like kind of showing Harvey Weinstein without having Harvey, obviously, without yeah, having Yeah, of course, him. of course. Like, so they have, like, kind of, like, someone who kind of looks like him from the He from looked like him behind. from the back, I will yeah, say. he really did. Um, and he just keeps saying, do you have Gwyneth Paltrow? Is it Gwyneth Paltrow? Like, is she speaking? And Because think of even, that's it, like, Marvel's in full swing in 2017. She was very well known. Oh, yeah. So, like, she still is, obviously, and she pretty much had been the entire time. Yep. But I would say with, like modern audiences like mm-hmm. she's like pepper pots and the iron man but that's what i'm saying and stuff like, so like she's very she's very known very up there by people of all ages at this yes. point you know from her whole career exactly so, yeah. so with all of that they're able to publish the story which is basically how they you know end the film itself yeah. obviously is when they actually publish it but if but you know so basically they published my understanding and this is what i'm looking at timeline wise the times article was published on October 5th of 2017. And within um, basically a month of its publication, 82 women came forward to allege some form wow. of assault. 82 women. Against Weinstein specifically. And those aren't the women who signed settlements or anything. No, That's these are just, these the are point. other women who never said anything yeah. and are able to freely speak about this yeah. more um, without like real fear of prosecution. And then mm-hmm. obviously... Um, he was indicted, arrested, um, and I mean, at the time of filming, now we've got like a little bit more at the time of filming of the movie, uh, he was already serving a a 23 year sentence, um, for rape and sexual assault in New York. But now they've also added, as of right now, when we're recording, they've also added another 16 years to that from cases in Los Angeles, and there are also pending cases in London mm. as well regarding the same thing. So he has a minimum of a 39-year sentence. Yes, and he is in his late 60s now, so thank God he'll be dead, and he won't get out of prison. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, and uh, for those of you who don't know, when he was in prison recently, okay. <laughs> he, he had to undergo <laughs> surgery for testicular gr- gangrene. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there is some poetic justice in the world. Yeah, you know, everyone's, I'm telling you, every once in a while, like, you know, there's so often where you're like, God, I wish people who were just awful, disgusting yeah. monsters would just get what's coming to yeah. them. And then every once in a while it happens it and you're like, happens. yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they had to do some really weird procedure. Either they had to remove his testicles or they had to put one in his leg. There was something <laughs> with his leg. I don't know the details. It's, like, really gross, but... Um, <laughs> So it just makes me so happy. It's so <laughs> We're literally laughing yeah. about um, yeah, this is an incredibly well-made film. Uh, this is a super interesting thing to me, though. And again, it's just because I've read bits and pieces about things. So my understanding, and this is also just because I find it interesting that, and again, there's only so much that can be done, but like the number of people who would have been aware of this and never said anything, I'm not even talking about the people who covered it up, yeah. like the lawyers and like Bob Weinstein mm. and like all of those motherfuckers, like fuck those Bob people, Weinstein. his brother oh, who right. ran Miramax and stuff right. with him and the Weinstein company with him. Right. Um, fuck those guys. Oh, yeah. To hell and straight back. But I'm talking about, like, other people who, in Hollywood, my understanding, Rose McGowan's been very outspoken about this, is that all of you knew, like, a ton mm-hmm. of people knew what was going on. And you just and, brushed it aside. Yes. And no one ever did 
anything about it or really said anything about it because like, okay, so she's alleged, and again, all of this is hearsay. I don't know what's true and what's not. She's alleged that after what happened to her, she spoke to Ben Affleck about this Mm -hmm. and very tearfully told him what was going on. And according to her, his response was to very like get very mad and then very angrily say, I've told him not to do things like this anymore. Which is... Ben Affleck, I am no longer your friend. Yeah. So, which, again... Fuck you, too. I don't know what's true. I don't know what's not true. Yeah. Um, but if that's true, I really think that other people deserve to yeah. be shamed more than yep. they have been. Because so many people were apparently aware of this and very complicit in what was going on. So, they, yeah, fine. They didn't... Yeah, that's not okay. They didn't participate, but they sure didn't do anything to stop it. And it's... <sighs> okay, so, like, when... And my other thing that I did come across was that when Gwyneth Paltrow, when she had her unfortunate encounter... Um, she was either dating or engaged to Brad Pitt at that time, mm. and she obviously told him about it when it happened, of course, and my understanding is that he confronted Weinstein, like, at an event that mm. they were both at and told him to, like, fuck off and mm. leave her alone and, like, never talk to her again, mm. basically, but that's it. And so I appreciate that he stood up for his partner, obviously, of yeah. course I do, of course I do, but, like, then you just didn't say anything, you just assumed, what, Gwyneth is the only woman that he was doing this to at all? I mean, he did produce this movie. I know, and then he produced this movie, so I found that was really interesting, and I wanted to bring it up. Maybe he's like, sorry? I mean, I can't imagine the amount of, like, you know, it's so hard to speak out about this. It's so hard. But I can't imagine the amount of regret I would feel if I'd done nothing. And I'd I known. know. Yeah, I don't. I know. And, like, and then you're sitting there and you're looking at the people who were brave enough and they all came together and they did something. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're like... Wow, I could have totally done more. I feel like maybe I could have done something earlier and maybe I could have prevented something that happened later from happening. I I don't know. Look, I I don't, you know, we can devil's advocate it all we want in the sense of, yes, obviously he was also young at that time and was also, you know, probably looking to get work again at some point in his life. I mean, I think the problem is, if we want to be really honest, all of these people covered it up and they didn't do very much because... He was a very powerful man in Hollywood who could make them very wealthy. And they all became very rich. Yeah. So, like, even the ones who eventually, like, you know, his lawyer, his accountant, like, all these people who eventually kind of cracked under the pressure of having these reporters asking them questions... It was really because they realized that it was the end of the line for Harvey Weinstein for anyway. Sure. For and sure. And so they were just kind of like, you know what, like, I guess I've made enough money off of him and now I can at least speak out about it. Yeah, and if, I find, like... And at the end people, of the day, it was the money, right? For sure. And for some people, too, it was, like, just sort of, like, not being aware of certain details. I yeah. will say, like, again, I don't know, like, this um, Irwin Ryder guy, I have no idea, the accountant, but yeah. he said, like, when he read an account that Jody presented to him, he was like, I didn't know it was stuff like this. Like, you know, he yeah. Yeah, he said. I thought thought that it was. He thought that he was just cheating on his wife a bunch, and that these were like willing participants, basically. Yeah, he thought he was just having a bunch of affairs. Yeah. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows? We don't know. We weren't there. I have no idea. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But at the same time, you know, I'm sure that for some people, that probably is what they thought. They were probably like, "Oh, he's just he's fucking around a whole bunch," you know. I can't imagine being married to this pig. Oh my god! Yeah, good for his wife for like immediately being like, "Nope, no, thank you," and just filing for divorce. But again, like, how did she must have known? To an extent. I don't know. Like, I can't really make that claim because I don't know. But I, Yeah, look, I wouldn't want to say anything no. like that. There are plenty of... It, it just are, must be horrible to be married to somebody like that 100%. and have children with them. There are legitimate serial killers whose spouses had no idea it's what true. was going on with them. And Melania Trump, though, I don't know. I have no excuse for her. Oh, no, she's a lot, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. I don't yeah. Some of them you're like, mm, yeah, okay, you definitely knew there was something <laughs> going on. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Uh, but when it comes to like things like this, I wouldn't want to shift blame onto someone else in any way, shape, or form. Just because you probably were aware that your husband was fucking around and you were very financially comfortable, so you didn't say anything or do anything about that, doesn't mean you knew what he was doing. Exactly. Like I think you know, there's kind of like ignorance is bliss. Yes. So perhaps there's like a forced ignorance sometimes. To an extent, there probably is. Yeah. Um. But anyway, but. He's a horrible man. I'm glad he's rotting in prison and his testicles are either out of his body or in his leg. Yeah. yeah. One or the other, I'm not really sure. Yeah. But. I know that this movie's um 
garnered like a good amount of critical success. It wasn't, it didn't do very well at the box office is my understanding. Probably a combination of like, this isn't the type of film that like brings the people in in droves to be fair. Cause no. it's a very dramatic film. Also, and also yeah. no offense to our current society, but we do kind of live in a world where people are just like, okay, I'm over this now. Like I was an activist about it for five minutes and now like, I don't feel like talking about it anymore. And part of me wonders sometimes if I'm like, is it just cause you can't be bothered with it anymore? Cause I think it's still important to talk about it. Oh, I know. I, I really think that, um, the pandemic did a number on people. I think that, um, there was so much of like having to have an opinion about things yeah. during the pandemic yeah. that I feel like a lot of people are now just like, I don't want to have an opinion about anything that doesn't concern me, <laughs> me specifically ever because again. I'm exhausted, Yes, yeah, which I, is not the way to live, but I'm just brainstorming here. But yeah, but it could be like a self-preservation thing yeah. as well, which can be understandable for yeah. certain people. Um, but yeah, this is, otherwise, yes, it has garnered like a lot of... Um, critical success. I think Carrie Mulligan's been nominated for an Oscar, oh, if good. I'm not mistaken. Um, I hope she wins this time. She's already been nominated for two. Like a few other ones. Has she not won before? No, I don't think so. Oh, Jesus, just give her a fucking Oscar, honestly. <laughs> she's great. I know, really. She's great in everything. I don't know why she people really are waiting. Is. Anyway. <laughs> this, <laughs> we digress. This is a very good film about a very, very heavy topic. However, a topic that I think is important to still talk about because things still happen. Mm -hmm. These things still go on. Mm -hmm. Just because Harvey Weinstein is in prison doesn't mean no one else is doing this. Mm -hmm. There are powerful men all over the world in all sorts of different industries and they deserve to uh, be brought to justice for the things that they're doing that they should not be doing. Just do your jobs, people. Yeah, just do Go your jobs. Go home. Just do your jobs. Just run your companies like a normal human being. Stop door tripping. Stop trying to take advantage of your employees. They don't deserve it. I'm sure you're not paying them enough. So. <laughs> oh, uh, facts. So, have you seen this movie? Have you read the book? You know, any yeah. of this stuff. That's what we want to know. Yeah. So you can uh, let us know over on Instagram at fullybookedca. You can also check out our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And if you're still here with us after this kind of heavy start to the month, um, <laughs> please feel free to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this episode because it really helps us get the show out in front of more people. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.